0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulchandani, and I'm Heather Michaelgaard. Welcome to The M Word, where we have uncensored conversations on all things marketing. Due to COVID, we are not recording in the studio and apologize for any poor audio or technical glitches. As soon as it is safe, we will have our guests with us in the studio. Until then, stay healthy and wear a mask. Hello
1: and welcome to The M Word. I'm Jennifer
0: And I'm Heather.
1: And today we're talking to Gresham Harkless with Blue 16 Media. Gresh is the founder of CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. CB Nation focuses on increasing the business success rate by providing visibility and resources to CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners. Blue 16 Media is a digital marketing agency providing web design and SEO to small to medium sized businesses and organizations. Thanks so much for being here today, Gresh
2: appreciate being here. Thank you, Jennifer.
1: Well, why don't you start us off, because I think it's, first of all, I think I told you before we started recording, it's intimidating having you here, because you're this awesome podcast host yourself. You've been doing that for quite a bit. Um, how, what is this uh, this duality of businesses that you are running, and, and how how do they work?
2: Well, I appreciate that, Jennifer. You're way too nice. So I definitely have to have you back on the show uh, if you say so many nice things. But um kind of at the heart of what I try to do is I, I always say, and kind of even going back to how I got started, I say I'm a journalist at heart. So I've always been interested in, you know, asking questions. I started a family newspaper when I was like 10 years old, and and that really hasn't, you know, left my you know, heart and soul of what it is that I do. Um, but it was really. I was kind of at the crossroads when I was kind of graduating school to try to figure out how potentially you can create something that is sustainable in the journalism industry because that industry has been completely disrupted where there aren't really a lot of you know newspapers or people that create content that stay around because they're not able to generate revenue. So one of my big challenges was how can I take something I'm passionate about and something that I do, which is you know that digital marketing, building website, doing things along those ends, and maybe couple that with the ability to kind of create content, to create something that was uh, sustainable and didn't need to be like subsidized in some way. So that was something that I really kind of had at my forefront. And, you know, as I mentioned, even as a a kid, it was something that is a passion. And and I think, you know, even something I would call a gift of mine that I try to uh, kind of couple those things together.
1: That's great. So how long have you been doing both of these endeavors?
2: Great question. So um, I think it's been in you know my heart you know for a while. But I think if we really drill down to the numbers, um, as far as like the blog, I probably have had it for maybe about nine or ten years. The digital marketing business I've had for about eight or nine years. So um, I did a lot of the discovery, the interviews before I knew I wanted to start a business. Didn't really know exactly what that was, and they kind of organically came together where I would help out you know business owners in terms of building a website or uh, potentially some seo or some type of digital marketing and then i started to see that these are the same people that i was interviewing so i wish i could say that i knew going in that this is exactly my master plan but it just kind of organically happened where the same people i wanted to interview were the same people i wanted to kind of service as well
0: gresham you said that you loved marketing and i'm going to guess that specific to digital marketing what is it that you love about it
2: for me, it's really the communication slash storytelling piece. And I think that every um entrepreneur, every CEO, every business owner has kind of like a story. Um, even if someone has exact same um services that they're providing for in comparison to another organization, there's something unique about how they do it, how they got started that to me is is motivational, it's inspirational, and it's something that I always try to kind of showcase in their products and services. And on my show, I call it the secret sauce, um, but I feel like we all kind of have some type of secret sauce or something that sets us apart and makes us unique and is a different way that we kind of even execute on the services that we provide. So from a marketing standpoint, I've always looked at how can you take that story, take the secret sauce the way that you do what you do and showcase that to as many people as possible and try to communicate with them, let them know that you understand exactly what um, their their pains are, what solutions you're providing. And that's how I kind of look at marketing is like using different tools and ingredients to kind of bridge that gap so that people truly understand what you do and and how you do it.
1: So, Gresh, what's your secret sauce? Uh,
2: I think it's just that uh, journalist mindset. My secret sauce is all about like having and showcasing somebody else's talents and their gifts and asking questions, interviewing people to try to pull that out. Um, I've always loved, you know, content and information has changed, you know, tremendously from, you know, the, the the print newspapers that I used to do with uh, the clip art and all of those things to now doing blogs and podcasts. So I think that the way that I've done it has been differently, but I I love to sit down and hear stories and, and try to showcase that and put people in their best light so that people understand what they do.
0: So I want to dig a little bit deeper about the evolution of your marketing, Um, you know, going from clip art to, you know, now you're doing a podcast. Uh, Talk to me more about how your marketing has evolved over the years.
2: Yes. uh, It's so funny. I I was talking with somebody and I was saying that it, it... my marketing company has evolved with digital marketing in general. Um, I think the first time I did quote unquote digital marketing and didn't even have a business, I was in college and was just creating like a Facebook group to try to bring people. At that time, I was going to go to law school. So bring pre-law people together um, to know about different events and things that were going on in, in Washington, D.C. And it's it's crazy to think like how much that has evolved as Facebook has evolved and how digital marketing platforms have evolved And I think what I used to always say is that, you know, I do digital marketing that used to include Facebook that used to include putting a website it used to include so many different aspects. Now, because it's so broad, and because each of the different platforms are so sophisticated, I've niched down more in terms of the services than anything else. So as um The platforms have evolved as I've evolved and kind of understand exactly what I want to do. It's been more of understanding like this is kind of our laser focused way that we want to try to help clients to build a foundation. And we don't necessarily want to do these other aspects. We're not like a social media agency, for example, even though that plays a part in what it is that we do, we're aware of it, but we're not necessarily hanging our hat on. That's what, exactly what we do. So it's all in trying to, as they become a lot more sophisticated, understand what our lane is and really kind of stay you know, true to that as much as possible.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I think it's interesting because, you know, there 's agencies of every stripe, and I, I say to I, I said to somebody today, I said, you know marketers, we have the same toolkit you know it 's like there's not like there 's not a toolkit that you have that someone else doesn 't have it's it 's how we deploy our tools and it 's which tools we sharpen the most and um, so I think it 's interesting that you 've chosen um, to, to niche down the way you have, so w- was that an easy Evolution for you to to go in the direction where where you are now, or was it out of just the tools that you most enjoyed using, or did you see that was that like an intentional market opportunity that you you latched onto?
2: That's a a really great question, and I think it it kind of just happened you know organically over time. But I think too when. When you start to kind of like run the business, you also have to work on your mindset, and and that piece is kind of looking from more of an abundant mentality, and that's something that I've had to kind of work on a lot, and I think we all have to work on, you know, so much because I think as soon as you start a business, you just want to try to help as many people as possible. If somebody says, "Do you do you know X, Y, and Z?", you're like, "Of course, I can try to do X, Y, and Z because I want to help you out." But as you start to evolve and you start to work on certain projects, work with certain clients, you realize that, hey. This isn't necessarily what I want to do. I want to focus more on A, B, and C rather than, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I think that's probably definitely been a part of the process for me. And I think too, as you said, like there's different agencies that have, you know, different ways that they deploy and execute on the different tools that they have. But you start to really know what you do better than anybody else. And you start to hear that from clients. You start to feel really at home and confident in what you're doing. And I think it takes time to, to get to that point. Um, and I think it's always an evolving, you know, process. But I think for for us has really been about um, understanding this is where and what type of service that I want to grow more than anything else. It's not that we necessarily can't do certain things. It's just that we feel like we're, um, you know, the best or close to the best at, you know, what it is that we do. And we want to lean more into that and get better. But um, you have to be able to let go of things, which is definitely the biggest challenge when you start to kind of niche down.
1: I I love that. So how far into your journey... Did you have, did that confidence become more evident to you where you felt like this is my, I'm an expert. When, when yeah. did you know that?
2: You know, I feel like it's it's an ever evolving process. I, I'm just of the, I think my personality is always that there's always something I can get better at. So I see like the word expert, or even I use the word CEO or, ex, you know, whatever that might be, um, thought leader as something that, is kind of like that carrot that you never ever reach. Because I feel if I reach that expert status, then that means that I can kind of rest on my laurels. But I think that if I'm always looking at it as somewhere that I can be um and, and getting better, you know, every single day, then it's something that's more of a journey. And that's why I, as I've grown older, um, I've and you know experienced, you know, business and, and grown it, I've tried to have peace in that and, and knowing that it's not a destination, it's just a journey in general that really I feel at home with. So that's been, you know, part of it. But I think once you start to see, you know, successes with clients, you start to get more confidence. And I think that every level that you go to, there's going to be some type of challenge that you have. And it's just a matter of kind of leaning on some of those successes, some of those wins to be able to kind of see that come to fruition.
0: Okay. I'm going to ask you an uncomfortable question. Are you afraid to spend money on marketing?
2: No, I'm I'm not. <laughs> but um I, I think I'm a little biased. Uh obviously uh as part of like what I do. I think that what I try to be very, very um careful about doing is staying true to who I am and how I see the company going and not trying to replicate what somebody else is doing. Um, I often say, and this could be definitely adopted to to marketing is um, if you run your own ratio, never lose. And what I, the reason I say that is because just as you know, Jennifer said, like we have the same tools, but the way that you execute and and strategize with them and, and deploy them is going to separate you. So I try to make sure that I, Pay attention to and respect, you know, the successes that people have, but you don't want to, you know, get caught up in emulating that because I think that um, there's a lot of um, reward you get from being a first mover. And often when you see somebody deploy some type of marketing strategy and you try to replicate that, the, the opportunities sometimes go on. So you have to be true, you know, to who you are and try to create your own strategy around that. So
1: I'd love to to sort of get you to dive a little bit into you know your your niche your your you know your your web guy you're building sites you're probably rebuilding sites that are dated you're maybe brand new sites you know what's what's new and important in in web design that you know people need to know.
2: Yeah, I think simplicity is everything, and I think where a lot of people struggle is they don't necessarily do a lot of work on the front end uh, to try to understand their messaging, being able to communicate that messaging so that when they do and create a website or they... Uh, kind of look for keywords for SEO, or they're doing a pay-per-click campaign. That they have a real strong understanding on who their target market is, even what success is for them as an organization, and some people might think that that's like an extra step, but I think it manifests itself in the way that the website is designed. So for example, um, our screens, while they seem like they're getting bigger, they're actually getting smaller in comparison to being on um, computers. So when you're thinking about like mobile devices and the way that people are interacting from that standpoint, you want to be very, very specific about what it is that you do and how you do it. Um, When you think about from an SEO standpoint, how people are searching, there's, and I, I won't say the word because it will definitely go off on me now, but there's smart devices all around us, and how people are searching and finding, you know, ways that they want to know what it is that you do, and for you to answer those questions. So when you're thinking of how you're solving those problems, you want to kind of bridge that gap and do the work for them prior to um, people kind of searching, um, you know, aimlessly for whatever whatever it is that you do. But uh, those are the two kind of biggest things that kind of come to mind. Is just you know that simplicity. And in, in design and being able to kind of make sure that you are um, translating your content and information for people that are searching for it. Um, and I think that a lot of that happens not when you design a website. It happens before you design a website and that work that you do prior to that. So um, those are the two or three biggest things that I think I can come to mind right now.
0: Gresham, is there anything about marketing that you find cringeworthy or any examples you've seen that Leave you speechless?
2: Yes. Um, I, I mean, I think we're in a we're in a place where, in a time where there definitely is uh, still. A large amount of people that have websites, but there's still people that don't have websites. There's still the people that are completely against digital marketing. I remember um, I worked for uh, the for a company, and I don't know, I probably won't say the name, um, but I worked for a company, and I remember doing like a lot of cold calls, and and I remember somebody telling me that um, the internet was a fad, and that there was not going to be internet around. And I'm still on you know that that trend of you know needing a website and things like that, and this is fast forward a lot of years, but I, I still see websites that look like they have been created just as like an afterthought. Um, they're not something that people see as their digital storefront. They're not something that people see as a way to communicate with their targeting clients. So um, a lot of times not having mobile-friendly websites, um, not having, you know, I, I'm geeking out on more of the backend stuff, but looking at the title tag and meta description and that not being in place, or even people having um, more than, you know, having 200 characters in their title tag, it, to me, it, it makes me cringe. And I'm sure search engines are cringing as well. Um, but I think it's just some of those things where, people have good intentions, but sometimes they just kind of DIY it and, and they don't, you know, invest in those things that will help them to grow their business. And um, one other big thing that um, kind of uh, makes me cringe as well, too, is that um, people feel as if marketing is in contention with word of mouth advertising, word of mouth Um, referrals or opportunities. Um, I'm a big believer in that, you know, people, and I've always heard that in order to be a millionaire, you need a certain amount of streams of income in order to do that. I think in order to build a successful business as well, too, you want to make sure that you have multiple ways that you're able to bring in clients and opportunities as well. And I think that helps out in times like this. If you completely were, I'm going to go to -to face-to-face, you know, networking events, that has completely changed. So the best way to kind of quote-unquote combat that is to really have, a, um, a diverse range of ways that you're able to kind of drive in clients and customers. And I think that I, I, it pains me to kind of see businesses that are, you know, kind of set in their ways, not willing to kind of try different things. And I think that, um, it kind of hurts, you know, those businesses organizations in the long run.
1: Yeah. So what is your, do you have a rule of thumb or what do you say to a client who says, so how long will this website last me or how often do I need to invest in in this, you know, brand asset of
2: Yes, I usually say you you want to really look at your website probably around three to five years, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you want to have a redesign. You might just want to have a refresh. Um, one of the things that we do, especially because uh, we work with WordPress, um, is there's a lot of um, updates and improvements to WordPress on it seems like a, a daily basis, where they're improving like the, kind of the features and opportunities there. Um, a lot of times, if someone purchased a, th- a theme or they had a custom built theme maybe three, four years, five years ago, um, you. You could run into a situation where the website breaks, um, and when the website breaks, um, you can fix it. And it usually depends on a case-by-case basis, but sometimes that refresh will kind of take care of it. Um, not all designers and developers are created equal as well, too. Um, so understanding and, and knowing kind of like the nuances of the behind the scenes of your website is absolutely huge because you might have a theme that isn't potentially being supported um, on a regular basis. So in three years, sometimes one year, your theme might be completely you know, non-usable. And if it breaks, then you have to either get somebody to custom build something into it or potentially create or, or find a new theme. So um, it's important to kind of just stay on. On top of it, um, just like you would if you were taking your car to get the oil change on a regular basis, you want to just make sure that everything, um, as far as the backends, the plugins, the themes, for example, are set up correctly. But I think that you can do a lot more refreshes if you do that work in the beginning where you're looking at your strategy, looking at your avatar, you're creating the content related to that. But if you're just kind of, um, you know, just doing it um, without, you know, that strategy and stuff in place, you might have to do it more frequently. But I think you get away with more refreshes if you um, do that work in the beginning.
0: So much good information. I love it. I want to pivot to marketing for the greater good. Do you or have you incorporated incorporated any cause marketing into your program or businesses?
2: You know, that's something I I probably have to do a better job of kind of talking about a little bit, but I I will say this. um, Part of what I wanted to do, and and I was on a lot of different boards and um, a lot of different organizations and and helping out there. Uh, I ended up being on the boards, but what I wanted to do was kind of take a step back and I started like a program called Blue 16 Gives, basically where we donate or potentially. reduce the cost of certain services we provide to nonprofit organizations. Um, But part of it was I'm a big believer in allowing people to be in their zone of genius and, and kind of operating their gifts. And my thought process in, in being on those boards is a lot of people wanted the information about the technology, the websites, all of those things. So I wanted to kind of create a little bit more of a formalized program where we were able to kind of give and donate per, to, to um, organizations like the Northern Virginia veterans association. Um, there's been other organizations that we've donated, you know, websites, you know, to, but part of it has been, you know, how can we help these organizations, do what they do best and while i i wish that i um could get 28 hours out of a day i could only get 24 and i can't work all of those hours so my thought process was if i can't go out and you know support a lot of the causes and do a lot of the things why don't i try to help out those organizations not have to worry about like their website updates and things like that so that we can you know hopefully make that impact in a a little bit of a different and creative way hopefully
1: that that's amazing, Gresh, and it's like it warms my heart to hear you talk about using your business for the greater good. It's like it's important to us, and um, and I know you've been involved in in the um, Leadership Arlington program in the past, and um, it's I, I think it's people want to do business with businesses that are supporting the community, and so you're you're using your gifts, as you said, to give back. As um, it's it's inspiring and i hope i hope people who are listening think about ways they can use their own gifts for giving back so thank you so you know you are in a field that is evolving by the minute you know it's so how do you keep up like what is are there resources are there are there leaders or people for whom uh, you consume that content so that you can keep your knives and your toolkit sharp
2: yeah, I mean, I think for me, the best thing has, and probably still will be, like continuing to have like internal projects that we work on. Um, I think even part of like what I was related to what I was talking about, you know, related to our um, our. Um, our marketing strategy is something that I try to incorporate myself, but there's definitely you know, loads of different podcasts and things that, you know, I listen to that allow people that, that people talk about, you know, their change agency, their change, uh, agents and how they're able to kind of make that impact. Um, you have the Gary V's and, and people of the world the Neil Patels and people like that, that are always kind of, um, talking about like how they're implementing and deploying their different marketing strategies. But I also will say too, and one of the things I love about, you know, your podcast, Um, As well as you can learn a lot from having people on shows um, and just talking with them and and extracting as much information from them as possible. So as much as, you know, listening to podcasts, reading blogs and and, um, you know, search engine journal and all of those different publications that are out there. I think that I learned a tremendous amount from a marketing perspective and even just from a business perspective by um, having people on the show and the blog and, and and the podcast and everything.
0: Gresham, is there anything that you want to try this year that you haven't done before or anything you want to do differently?
2: Um, That is a great question. I think that I always want to kind of get more out of, I'll tell you, like, the, the big thing that I've been able to do kind of with the content is create a lot of content. Um, the step that I want to take that I think is the next step is bringing all that content together and having more of a community feel. Um, so that's something that I want to, and, and part of me starting the podcast was to have people that had been featured on the blog before and actually hear their voice, speak to them, have a relationship with them. That was part of the emphasis of that. It's like, how can I create that relationship with people? Um, and create that community feel. That's something that I want to drill down and do. You know, even even more. I think that as we kind of talked about, those tools are there and they're important. But I think even more now. I know I am craving that human interaction, um, the relationship, the connection. So I want to see how I can maybe accelerate that or do that a little bit more with some of the people that have been featured on the site and create those relationships and and connections between them and and myself. Um, I think that is something that's a little bit more, it's not as tangible, but it's something that I definitely want to do.
1: So um, is there anything you've done in the last year or so, you know, through the... (laughs) The pandemic. It's not everybody asks the COVID question, but you know, is there anything that you're particularly proud of that you've been able to achieve, whether it's for your own business or for your clients?
2: Um, so um, I, I did. So I, I was awarded 40 under 40 in um, Alexandria, Virginia, fright um, during the start of the pandemic, and it, it was something that I was pretty proud of, just because. Uh, Those, you know, words and things are something that just happened, you know, that day usually is a buildup over things that you've done, you know, for years. So I was pretty appreciative of it. We didn't get to celebrate it as I would love to have celebrate, but we did everything virtually. Um, And I think just it's so important to kind of give yourself, you know, grace. And this is not something that you kind of get an award for or anything. But I think like during the pandemic, it's been really, really difficult on everybody in some form, shape or fashion. I think that Me being a type A and wanting to go, go, go all the time, it's been so huge for me to kind of just take a break and say, it's okay if you don't have it today. It's okay if you're not having a great month. It's okay if you're not sure where everything is. And I think that has been something that I've, you know, taken away from the pandemic, um, which, of course, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, less than great things that have happened during the pandemic. But I think one of the things that it has reminded me of, and I even heard somebody call it the great pause. It's reminded me to kind of pause and celebrate some of the wins and, and, and the journey that I've had. And the fact that I even have a business in, you know, during a time like this is something I'm really grateful for and appreciative of. So um, hopefully, you know, that, you know, answers the question I, I think it's just me starting to celebrate the wins and celebrate the small wins and being appreciative of every aspect of life that um probably has come out a lot during this time
0: i think that's great advice gresham if you could go back to the first day you started cb nation or blue 16 media and tell yourself one thing what would that be
2: um it's going to be hard and um, hard as hell, I would definitely say. So it's, it's something that is probably one of the hardest things that you can definitely do. And I, you hear sometimes that it's going to, you know, I heard it in the beginning, it's going to, you know, take twice as long and, and be twice as hard. And I think when you're young and naive, you hear it, but you're like, OK, well, I'm going to do it differently. It's not going to be that for me. It, it, it was that for me it still is that for me so it, it's definitely been one of the more challenging things that I've ever done in my life and I think that so many times I talked a little bit about the mental health and, and all of those things we, don't realize like running a business just in and of itself in, a, in a, um, a vacuum is hard, but trying to balance relationships, trying to grow and move and do all those personal human things is probably one of the hardest things that you'll have to deal with. And it's not just the business, it's all the other, you know, balls that you have to juggle along the way that um, is, is really, really hard. But I, I would definitely tell myself to, to keep going, you know, don't give up and know that you have more than sometimes you think that you have uh, that it can help you get to where you wanna be.
1: That's great. Would you ever wanna give up?
2: Do, yeah, there's definitely been times I've wanted to give up. <laughs> I, I think everybody who's run a business has has felt those feelings. Um, but I think that if you, what I've really tried to do is I, I'm really, you know I'm a big believer in God. I believe we all have gifts. I've leaned on that heavily. And when I started my business, it wasn't a popular thing that I did, but it was something that I feel like I was called to do. So when I kind of put that in perspective, I understand and really drill down on my why it's definitely helped me to kind of understand that um, even though it's difficult, even though it's hard, it's not just for you. It's for, you know, the gifts and the talents and the opportunities that you can give to others, especially like during podcasts and interviews. So um, it might be difficult and it might be hard, but, you know, don't quit and don't give up.
1: Well, that's terrific, and I certainly am very happy you have not given up and that you continue to, to use, your, use your gifts and talents for for, uh, for everybody. So uh, this has been a lot of fun, Gresh, but if our listeners want more, um, where can they find your podcast, your blog, and, and you?
2: Yeah, so I have a hub um, at imgresh.com, iamgres h.com, and that has links to blue16media.com, cbnation.co, on um, the podcast, um, and everything that you know I'm, I'm working on. So that's probably the best place to kind of go and to kind of get a, a, a snapshot of everything that I'm working on.
1: That's awesome. Well, thank you. And thanks again for being on our show. And we've enjoyed our conversation with you. We've been talking to Gresham Harkless, Blue 16 Media, and stay tuned for our next episode. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you'll come back. Subscribe to The M Word wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more uncensored conversations, visit the M Word page at arlingtonstrategy.com.